Welcome back to the tape store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And it's a big episode. Yes. Literally. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know, yeah. This is an episode 65 million years in the making. I knew you were going to... Golly. <laughs> that just came to me. Right, yeah. <laughs> You're a visionary. To use, it, to use it in that way. No, it's great. It's great. That is a tagline to a very, very, very famous and influential movie from the 90s. The 90s had so many great things. I mean, really. And this was definitely one of them. What is it? Jurassic Park. That's right. Yes. Like, this is such a... Ugh, this is like a... It's a great movie. I don't want to say dream come true because it's a little dramatic, but I, I just am so excited that we're covering this one. This is a mo- movie directed by Steven Spielberg. So, who, come on. Yeah, I mean, we know it's going to be great. So this One is, of the architects of our childhood. Yes, this is Spielberg. 93. So, I mean... I think one of the best years of the 90s. 92, 93, yeah. I think 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. 90, well, 95, I don't know. There's I a mean, lot. The ni- I we just need to say the 90s and be It diligent. started to wane and wax a little bit around 95, the 90s. But but at the same time, it had some really Because it started to, because what, what became the millennium, like the 2000s, st- it, the 90s started to look like that at, at the tail end. That doesn't mean it's not 90s. No, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But the first four years. Yeah. The first five years, I guess, 90 to 94. Right. Is is my my favorite. That's where you had the golden age of Nickelodeon. That's where you had like Jurassic Park, which we're talking about this week. That's where you had um, uh, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. You know, all these great things that, that we really remember. Exactly. You know, the best toys, in my opinion, the just the things that I really cherish and hold dear. Batman the Animated Series. So, I mean, I could go on and on. Power Rangers, uh, as in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yes. So, but we're talking about Jurassic Park this week. And I right. want to open by really talking about how I had no idea what this movie was. It, it's really funny. I was 13 when this movie came out. By the way, this was released on June 11th, 1993. So, it was a summer blockbuster. It was on a budget of $63 million, according to Wikipedia. This is a $63 million budget. It grossed $1.033 billion. Good grief. I think it made a few bucks. And rightfully so. And when I first heard about this movie, I'll, I'll get a little personal. This was right in the midst of my parents' divorce. So I didn't really know... Anything that was going on during this time. Right. I, you know, when, when you go through something really traumatic, you know, really earth-shaking as a kid, you really don't know what's going on. No. With anything. Your, my whole reality was being completely upended. Right. Uh, so, I, I went from, you know, having mom and dad to seeing dad every other weekend. Yeah, that it's, I mean, anyone who's been through that and everyone, knows how... Uh, just you know, earth shattering yeah. that can be. No matter what the circumstances are, and I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go into the circumstances, but this is a movie my dad took me to see, me and my sister, and it wasn't a bad memory as far as nothing bad happened right. surrounding. But I just was so um, preoccupied with dealing with what was happening in my life that I had no idea that there was this dinosaur movie coming out, a movie that was really unlike anything that had. N- this this changed the landscape of dinosaur things that we had up until this point. This changed the landscape of how we view dinosaurs. This changed the landscape of film. I mean, yeah, it set, a, it set a really high special effects bar. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely, it, it was a it was a breakthrough film. In fact, uh, it was selected for preservation uh, by the United States Film Registry. Wow. Excuse me. Just correction by the Library of Congress to be put into the United States National Film Registry. So the Library of Congress deems this film culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Wow. So and, and I mean it's it's true, but that's that's amazing yeah. that it was recognized by such an important entity. You yeah. Know? No, it it absolutely is. So. When I first heard of this movie, Jurassic Park, everybody was kind of... T- I remember the buzz, yeah. you know. Hey, and Dad called me up like, you want to go see Jurassic Park? And I'd seen commercials about it, and I was like, well, what is it? Yeah. I, here's the thing. My first encounter with Jurassic Park was a commercial from McDonald's. Right. McDonald's took on the marketing and advertising, the fast food. It, yeah. It was the Jurassic Park meal. It was a triple cheeseburger. A massive thing of fries. It was the fries came out of like a T Rex mouth. Oh my gosh, like the, I remember that. Yeah, I had completely forgotten and, about that. And a big drink. And so, but here's the thing: I didn't know it was McDonald's at first. I thought that Jurassic Park <laughs> was the name of a new fast food chain. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and it was dinosaur themed. I mean, we're here for it. That's what I thought. Jurassic. <laughs> you didn't think it was Listen, a movie. This is what I thought it was. <laughs> So when my dad called me and said, "Hey, do you want to go see Jurassic Park this weekend?" you know, because it was my it was his weekend with me and my sister. I said, "What, you mean like the the restaurant?" <laughs> He's like, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Well, it's a fast food restaurant, right?" And he goes, "No, it's a movie about dinosaurs. And it's really good." And I said, "What?" I I thought and so <laughs> just so that that's what I thought it was. That's hilarious. That's cute. And then we went and saw it, and I was like, like "Whoa, mind blown!" <laughs> I was not only was my mind blown that this is a movie and, right. not, and not a fast food restaurant, and then, and, then, <laughs> and then when I realized, you know, oh, it's marketing, I, it's marketing for McDonald's. It's not a restaurant. It's actually McDonald's doing stuff. And when I went and saw the movie, I was like, "Good lord!" Oh yeah, it was incredible. Oh yeah, okay, it was incredible. Okay. So why don't you talk about your? first meeting oh, of it and then my we'll, God. and then we'll uh and then we'll get into the actual okay. film itself well okay so i'm obviously you know we we've, we've talked about our uh age difference here because uh, my my portion of the 90s is usually the later 90s um a lot a lot of times um i was uh six when this came out and uh i remember be- beforehand before we ever saw it um you know it's funny i don't remember the trailer but i remember the movie poster you know, right. and you know, it's, we posted it on Instagram. It's that the iconic black with the silhouette of the dinosaur. You know, Jurassic Park. Yeah, an adventure sixty five million yes, years in the making. Yes, and I was, it's it's an incredible poster it's logo. It's iconic. It's it's one of the best. It's one of my favorites. Yes. Go ahead. And I just remember being like, "Huh, that's cool." Yeah, you because know, every kid likes dinosaurs at least a little bit. Right. You know. And I just want to say, just want to interject. Yeah, yeah. Because you were you were considerably young, right younger. You know, you were a you know, really small kid. Like, you know, yes. we're adults now, so, but I had no idea. And, of course, I, I, and I want to add <laughs> that this film is based on a novel, an excellent novel. It's such a good novel. By, wow. By Michael Crichton, who yes, is... Yes, I'm reading it, and it's amazing. Yeah, and, and he's phenomenal. The late Michael Crichton, he's sadly no longer with us, but he he did some great novels that really kind of pushed the boundaries of, of how you think about things. Yeah. But... I just wanted to add that this, I had no idea that it was a book. Oh, no. Me and, neither. and honestly, a lot of times I'm still finding things out in mm-hmm. movies like, oh, that was a book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, no, you're fine. So, 
I remember, you know, I mean, obviously I went to see it with my mom. Uh, now, granted, <laughs> my uh, my mom and I, we, it was just me and mom. Uh, she she was they she had been divorced for a long time. Uh, so it was kind of the situation of and, uh, you know, if I want to go see a movie, I got to bring my kid. So guess what, kid? You're coming. You know, iconic 90s parenting, right? We love it. Absolutely. And uh, so I'm six sitting in the theater and I have a um, I have a stuffed brachiosaurus that is you know that's what i take to the movie the not the friendliest dinosaur. yes yeah because i liked the herbivores you know until we got into until the raptors suddenly became yes you know like people basically. I, i'm waiting for a jurassic park movie where raptors are going to be like in, talking you know, having jobs yeah. and driving <laughs> taking kids to school having nine to fives yeah yeah anyway yeah. but they're so. actually the protagonists but um, <laughs> Um, just a quick story before we start, because I went and saw my mom and we I had saw it twice. And the reason why is because I didn't make it far into the first time because this brachiosaurus that I bought, my mom had taken me to this big, there's a, there's a mall near where I uh, lived called Collin Creek Mall. It's in like the Dallas, Texas area. Yeah. And, uh, they had a big display with all these dinosaurs, you know, getting ready, getting ready for the movie. Sure. And they're animatronic. They move while you're walking by them. And I bought this brachiosaurus there. And it was like a Jurassic Park brachiosaurus. So it was you know how, Yes. You, well, and here's the part of the story that I didn't know. I know now as an adult. You know how you have those stuffed animals that have a button you can push that make a noise? And usually when you buy it, there's a little circle around where yeah, you should try, push. Try me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that fell off. Okay. That was never there. All right? So in my mind, and in everyone else in this story's mind, this doll is just a doll that does not make noise. Yep. That's Uh-oh. important. So I'm sitting there, watching the movie, try not to freak out, but I love it. You know, I like scary stuff. Always have, even when I was little. But I was considerably having a harder time. So we get This is an intense movie. Yes. So I'm six. We're we're at the part where um the you know, Dennis Nedry and the Dilophosaurus. Okay. This is where the first time this you start, is, yeah, yeah. I mean, the opening scene, we're gonna get into the actual film, but the opening scene is really intense. Right. Right from the start, you get the sense that of foreboding that, yes. that this is not going to go well. Right. R- immediately, with, this with, is bad. With the accident. So, and we're going to talk about that. Right, right, right. And I'm go- I'll, be- I'll be brief. But so I'm sitting there clutching this doll, sitting next to my mom. I hear something mm-hmm. roaring oh, no. under my seat. <laughs> and I was like, Mom, <laughs> Mom, there's something under my seat. Oh, She's like, there's not. I'm like, Mom. There is. There's something under my seat. And I was not, like, I would not shut up. We had to leave. We had to leave. We didn't fit. I mean, we didn't even finish the movie. I never found uh-huh. out that my, that the toy made noise until like weeks later. Oh. And then I was like. That was what That's it was. What, yeah. And I felt stupid. So we saw it again. I made it further in that time. We had to leave at the part where, you know, King of the Dinosaurs, Raw Raptors. That's where I freaked out. And finally lost it. So we but made that's it like through. right at the end. Yeah. So I made it for a six year old. I made it pretty far. And in the movie theater, I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah. Now to see that in a movie theater at six and only freak out at the end did a pretty good job. And, but I, but you know what? I was obsessed with it from then on. Uh, the Jurassic Park films really do well with balancing drama and action and 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 at times really scary. Yeah. So like horror almost. Yeah, well, because we just recently showed our son Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> he only wants to see the part with the Indoraptor. Now, it's not a 90s movie, obviously, but right. Fallen Kingdom comes from something birthed in that glorious decade. Oh, of course. So my son was 
watching the part with the Indoraptor, and <laughs> oh, and it's it's really freaky. It is. And he had trouble sleeping that night. So so what I'm saying is, is that th- this is something that is is. Um, and he is six. He's yeah, the age th- I this was. This is kind of a common theme with with some of these dinosaurs. Now, as a kid, what's funny is, and and this is uh, interesting because one, even into adulthood, yeah, there are three things that I have dreams about occasionally. Right. Three things that I have bad, scary nightmares about, <laughs> and it happens. It's it's happening less and less that I've gotten older. Yeah. But when I was in high school, college, even. Uh, in, like I said, into being a young adult, I would have dreams about three things, and they were hopeless, horrifying, scary dreams that I was being chased by. Again, it was one of three. Chucky Ugh. from Child's Play, truly horrible. Yes, the T one thousand from Terminator Two, and I mean, I had a horrible dream about the T one thousand. I mean, I, I would have. Sp- I would have occasional, but there was one where he, I, I was with a bunch of friends, a group of people, <laughs> and he killed them all, like right in front of me. Aww. Oh, gosh. That's so sad. I mean, if you've seen Terminator 2. Yeah, no, it's it's scary. The, the T-1000 was, I mean, it was, it was terrifying. oppressively terrifying. And ha- you can't kill, ha- you couldn't how, kill the thing. How relentless he was. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and unfeeling. Yeah. Anyway, and the third one was the T-Rex. From right. Jurassic Park. Yeah, of course. I would have dreams where I, I would try to be still. We're going to get into why. Yes, of course. <laughs> and I couldn't. And, of course, you try to run from it. You can't. It's interesting. Yeah. You try to run from stuff. It's almost like you can't get there. But those three things. Yeah. Oh, Chucky, yeah. Chucky, the T-1000, and the T-Rex. So he, the T-Rex is in a ho- is in my Nightmare Hall of Fame. <laughs> I love so it. So if there was ever a, a, a Toby's Nightmare Museum... I'd go to it. On the outside, before you even get into the museum, you haven't even seen the museum. <laughs> if you were to go in, before you even paid for your ticket, there would be statues. <laughs> Chucky, the T-1000, and the T-Rex. Right. The triumvirate. They would be there saying, <laughs> we just want to let you guys know, what before you, you even for? get in, that we are the rulers of this They're place. They're the gatekeepers we of are this the gatekeepers. establishment. We are the gatekeepers of keeping him horrified. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you know, so so it, it's I like just, that. I'm <laughs> saying that nightmare music. <laughs> this was an impressionable film, absolutely. And, and the imagery that we got from these movies was impressionable. Oh, absolutely. With the T Rex taking the throne, one of the three thrones of my nightmare. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and I was a kid who, again, I watched scary stuff. Jaws was one of my comfort movies. Like when I remember specifically one time being homesick and watching Jaws. For yeah. comfort. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with my mom? But it's fine. I love you, mom. Uh, but, I mean, so I was here for the scariness, but in a movie in a movie theater, it's a little bit different. When you watch something from Steven Spielberg specifically, though, just talking about Spielberg, yeah. uh, you know, and interestingly enough, the triumvirate of my nightmare <laughs> specters, Chucky is, honestly, I don't know who directed the first Child's Play movie, but I know that James Cameron directed Terminator 2. And Steven Spielberg directed Jurassic Park, and it's interesting that these two directors created these these powerful characters. Oh yeah, that haunt us in some ways, yeah. but stay with us. Well, we keep making movies about them. And too. Jaws we can't get is away from them. Jaws is another one. Yes, Jaws is another one. Come on, but, but I'm saying, a good director, a good storyteller, can take something and make it more than just oh that was fun. Like no, that stayed with me. Yeah, it's timeless. Right? It's timeless. Right? Jurassic Park could come out. Right now, mm-hmm. and people would be like, 
Oh my gosh. Th- yeah, these... I think JD said that. He he mentioned that in a comment. He said this one is still No, 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 excuse me. It was, it was Adam. He said this is this one still holds up. This one still it you still can't does. top it. You can't beat it. It's it, yep. it still works. Every element of this movie still works and would work today. And we haven't even gotten into another reason this movie's so great. Right. Music. Oh, get out of here. The score by John Williams is you could never see the movie. Steven Spielberg and John and John Williams. That's another yeah. great pairing. I feel right like there. you could listen to this. You could listen to the. You could never have seen Jurassic Park. Listen to this score and think, "Oh, that's uh, that's dinosaur music." Right. Because John Williams, <laughs> you could never see a Harry Potter movie. Oh yeah. Listen to John Williams' score and you go, "Oh, that that's got to be about some wizard kid." There's there's witches in this. He <laughs> knows how to take the physical and turn it into music. Yes, and, and, he's and, a master. I mean, he his his the film score of Jurassic Park captures the the, the majesty, but the, also of a the time fear. Yeah, of a time. To- yeah, just the like you said, you nailed it. The majesty of just this time long past, right? Okay, so we could not even talk about the movie. We could just yeah. we could just talk about the how it affected and us. We'd right? be here for two hours. And this, yeah. So I, I think it's a little bit of a different episode with this film because this really impacted us in it different did. ways. And I have to say, after say we haven't brought it up in a while. This this one is another one that's part of our guild of familiarity. We that's have, true. Those of you who are new listeners may not be aware of what that is. We have what a a grouping of movies between Toby and I that we have deemed right. the guild of familiarity, and those are usually '90s movies, not always, but. They are typically '90s movies that we could watch anytime yes. that make us feel good, and yeah, that, very few. Yeah, and that they just you know they just hold a special place, and this is definitely one of them. Brooke has more of those than me. I do indeed. Because I, I like to rewatch things. I have a much higher standard for a film if I'm going to watch it over and over and over and over. Uh, That's just me. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's not that I don't have a high standard, but I have I have a different no no so, it, some of the issues, is, some of them are my quirks, but it's a different set of criteria. That has to be met for me, and a different set of criteria that has to be. We talked about. We talked to uh, to Jeff about this last night about we what did. makes a good movie to Our, you yeah. and to me and to him. Our guest co-host. We stay in touch with Jeff every day. Yeah, we talk to Jeff every day. We talk to Jeff every day. <laughs> we, we're going to have him on an episode soon, but you know, um, when, when, even when Jeff's not on the, it's not like I call Jeff up every couple weeks. And go, hey, you want to be on an episode every anytime soon? It's we talk. I talk to Jeff and Brooke and I. Uh, he is he is my best friend of twenty years. And I talk to him every day. And Jeff, if you're listening, I love you, my brother. I love you. Me too. So, yes. <laughs> I just, I have to tell you. Yes, we love it. you, Jeff. You're here with us in spirit. Yes. Uh, okay, so let's get into the actual film, though. Right? We're going to talk a little bit about it. Right? Talk a little bit about this story. A lot about it. Story. Are you yeah. Who are you, who are you um, talking to? So, Jurassic Park, what it is, is it's a park. Right. It's a theme park. Created to put by, it loosely. Yeah, created by... A very rich man by the name of John Hammond, and this is Richard Attenborough, who really is just phenomenal. Um, you know, the only other movie I remember him in is he was Santa in Miracle Thirty Fourth Street, and he was phenomenal. He was so good. As He's Santa. like a mischievous Santa yeah. in this, like a, really a, a problematic Santa. He's mischievous in this movie too, kind of. He's very, no, I mean he's, he's very mischievous child- in this. He's very childlike, you know. Uh, he, he's a visionary, and and because of that consequences don't make it far into his list. Yeah, he he is a he is a dreamer with a tremendous amount of money, which that's that's all a dreamer really needs. And what <laughs> money and, and means. So what he's doing is he's found a way technologically to clone dinosaurs. And he's creating this theme park. Now the opening scene 
is something really horrible. Uh, uh, one of the workers, right. you just basically, you don't see, again, because this is Spielberg. It's all about what you don't see. It's all about what you don't see. You know, storytellers need to understand that. But we're in a society now where everybody wants to see everything. I got to see it and understand it. I got to see it. Means. it. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's it, right. We've and said it before. The 90s was and 80s were really good at suspending reality. And, and right. also the, the pleasure of delayed gratification. Right. Exactly. In, in film form. And that so, is everything in a Spielberg movie. There's a cage. We see the cage. It's nighttime. It's dark. We see the cage. Lots of men with guns. Yeah. And, and little shock sticks, I yeah. guess, or whatever. <laughs> And then they have those, yeah, right? Yeah, no, I know. It's just a funny name, name for it. Yeah. So, <laughs> boom, 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 and whatever is in this cage is really... Snarling. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously just going nuts. And it's so strong, you know, the cage is shaking, and um, a man, one of the workers, Jurassic Park workers, he gets grabbed by it. Yeah. Well, and they're raising gets, the gate to... to well, to, to, I, I guess, I, I release guess to, it I into guess the to, park, probably. To put it into its paddock or whatever. Yeah. Because each dinosaur... we don't know, really. Because dinosaurs are assigned to paddocks. Right, but we don't know anything yet. As we're If we're the right. viewer watching this for the first yeah, time... Yeah, you, you just think, okay, We're right. like, okay, something's going on. Well, one of the dinosaurs kills this guy. You know? Yeah, the infamous shooter scene. Yeah. And that is... And that, and that actor is Bob Peck. He did great in this. Yeah, that is Bob Peck. And he plays Robert Muldoon. Who is kind of the gamekeeper. Yep. But the fact of the matter is, we're going to get into that. I, I'm going to start now, but it's like, you, you know. Wanna, yeah, no, we want There's so much to say. It's going to be like a three-hour episode. Right. Sorry, guys. But, no, but but so <laughs> he's like, shoot her, shoot her, shoot her. And anyway, this guy and ends this up. this guy's, you know, he's, he's, oh, you know, he's struggling. He's and Yeah, well, he ends up getting killed. Slowly, you see the hand disappear and. It's over. He's donezo. He's gonzo Alonzo. So we then go to. An archaeological dig. It's which is the only way we've ever found out anything about dinosaurs is you know archaeological archaeologists dig right right, and this is where we meet one of the best movie characters in history, Doctor Alan Grant. Oh, love him. And this is Sam Neill, and his girlfriend who is a paleobotanist. Mm-hmm. Right, that is correct. And you love her, Ellie Sattler. Yeah, Ellie Sattler. I this love is, her. This is Laura Dern, and they're on a dig. <clears throat> And there's like a little tour, you know, and then you always got the one kid who doesn't take anything seriously. And, oh, that little kid, a little twerp. Yeah, and Dr. Grant kind of freaks him out, talking about the... How the raptor kills and stuff. Well, he talks about the, the, the raptor, the yeah. velociraptor. Yeah. Which we find out that that's, that's what killed the guy in, in the very beginning. It's, so so it, the, the film is informing us, this is what we were just dealing with. Right. Was this velociraptor. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, you know... One of the most popular dinosaurs in the Jurassic Park franchise is Big Claw, right? Right. And he talks about how he also uses that moment. We're getting some exposition when he's explained to the kid about how the Velociraptor is not like the, <laughs> is not like the T-Rex. Right. Which only sees based on movement. Apparently yeah. this is some kind of a theory that Dr. Grant, you know, that he had mm-hmm. is that the T-Rex, his vision is based on movement, right? His visual acuity is based on movement. Right. Don't worry, I got you with the yeah. quotes. I'm here. So, which always fails miserably in my nightmares, but... <laughs> right. But he says the, the, the Velociraptor's not like that. He just looks you dead in the eye, right? Yeah. Go ahead. He takes it, not from the front, but from the side. Right. Where the other two raptors, you didn't even know were there. Yep. 
Brooke is going to quote this movie. So. I will quote the... Listen, guys, just strap in, all right? Because so I'm going to be quoting he freaks thing. the kid out, and of course, the dig is interrupted. You know, and he has this big claw, right? Yeah, probably he's, that he's found on some yeah. other dig. But the dig is interrupted. And right. this is where a helicopter. A helicopter. That's right. no good for these. The, for no. these very fragile bones. Yeah, they, bones. they spend an hour just brushing, right? Yeah, they're uh, literal brushes. Right, and and this is this is um, John Hammond. Yes. And I really love this scene. It's it's because it's it's the nice time before everything goes wrong. You know, this is. You know, this we're is, so full of hope. Yeah, and you, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, we're going to get our dig funded, and and if I haven't mentioned his, you know, Doctor Grant and Ellie are an item, mm-hmm. and so yes, yeah, they're they're together. So John Hammond gets out. He has no real, you know, he doesn't really understand archaeology, and you know, he just shows up in his. Helicopter. He's like, hey, you guys know about dinosaurs. Yeah, you guys know about <laughs> dinosaurs. So he pulls him in there. Um, but apparently, from what we can understand. Because, again, we know, obviously, anyone arriving in a helicopter has got some money. And Grant is obviously one of, if not the best in his field. Yes. So and, he's coming to him, not just because he's a guy that knows about dinosaurs. He's yeah. the guy. So to wrap it, to, to, to make this kind of... Concise. Yeah, concise. John Hammond offers to fund, like, his dig for, like, a long period of time. Just basically, I'll, I'll give you a ton of money if you just come... For a weekend. For a weekend and check out this theme park I've created... And he says, which he, which he claims is, quote, right down your alley. Yeah, and this is where we get our first beautiful phrase of him, spare no expense. Yeah, spare no expense, right? That's his thing. So he's created this theme park. He wants Dr. Grant to come and check it out. He's not really giving Dr. Grant any details. He, he kind of wants to, like, you know, surprise him with this thing. Well, and, and he's smart not to give details because if he did, well, yeah. it would not, it'd probably, <laughs> he'd find out too much too soon. Yeah, so Dr. Sattler Dr. Grant are presented with, I'm going to give you a ton of money if you just come. You know, I want you to, you know, go through this park, check it out. I need your seal of approval. And the reason why he needs the seal of approval is because the park's investors, the people that have money, uh, they, they, they want they to They need to know sh- that it's legit. It's going to be safe if people are going to be coming to this thing. Right. And for and for Alan Grant's part and, and, and Dr. They Sattler, have no idea that there are real dinosaurs there. No, they have no idea, but also they are they are meant to legitimize the dinosaurs. That people they he wants people to understand this is these are not robots. Right. I have a real dinosaur guy here that says they're real, you know? I mean they don't know that yet though. No, they don't. Dramatic irony. And of course they're like Man, we're going to go off on a weekend and check out some theme park and then get a ton of money from you. They're, you know, they celebrate. Well, yeah, like, I mean, I'd do it too. You know, yeah. So then they're off. But then we get some more mm-hmm. underlying story. This is very important. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't realize how important this scene was. Oh, yeah, was. for sure. Because this is where we meet Dennis Nedry, who is played by. <laughs> this scene's great. Who is played by Wayne Knight. And if you don't know who he is, you definitely know him as Newman from Seinfeld. So he is kind of having lunch at this really... In Costa Rica. Yeah, in Costa Rica at this nice place. You know, By the way, yes, the island, uh, this this theme park is on an island called Isla Nublar, mm-hmm. which is on the Pacific coast. Yeah. Sitting off of near near Costa Rica on the Pacific side yeah. of Central America. So on the... It's, you know, I, it's supposedly an, you know, an isolated island. Right. But Dennis Nedry is meeting with a guy. This is what start. This is what causes everything to really fall apart. Mm-hmm, this is what mm-hmm. causes everything to spiral into chaos. Is Dennis Nedry now? Who is Dennis Nedry? Right. 
He's a computer programmer right. on the island, right? And he is meeting with a guy named who? Dotson. Dotson. We got Dotson here. Right. Nobody cares. Nice hat. Yeah, they're having this secret <laughs> meeting. So Dennis Nedry, so, so we go from dinosaurs killed a guy, archaeologists, you know, are, are meeting have with. Been, have been contracted. Contracted. This. Contracted by this, this guy who runs a theme park based on dinosaurs. And now we have this. In comp- a beautiful white linen suit. Right. And now we have this computer programmer who works for Jurassic Park. He's being bribed, given money. Mm-hmm. And what does Dodson want? He wants embryos. He's wor- he's he's from another another company. rivaling. We don't really know yeah, another competitor because you know for every good product there's always a competitor. Right so and Do- then, now the this is where the book actually goes into a lot more detail about golly you know the, the all yeah. the science of all this right and how competitive a field it is. This is the things that we don't get from the movie, but what you real what you realize in the book is that this is an incredibly competitive field, and what Hammond has achieved is incredibly incredibly. Uh, sought after. Yeah, and he, yeah, and he got there first. And he so, got there first, so everybody's like, "Well, so this, I would like to get there as well." This other company is like, "So instead steal of steal his stuff, and we'll do it too." Right. So instead of just like, "Well, let's keep working," no, let's just get it. They find somebody who's a weasel like mm-hmm. Dennis Nedry. Yeah, he can be bought easily. Right. So Dodson it gives him a shaving cream can, the, the, the iconic, the iconic Barbasol yeah, shaving that cream can. unscrews, right? It's and Dennis tem- Nedry's tickled. He's yeah. Just like, oh, he yes, loves it. I love it, it. It has real shaving cream in it. It's temperature. And the point is, Dennis Nedry has to do something pretty serious. He's got to go into the lab of Jurassic Park. He's got to steal dinosaur embryos. Yes. Baby dinosaurs. Different ones. Different ones, different species. Put them in there and then deliver the can to right. Dodson. And we'll, to- and we'll see what all that entails he says he's got an 18-minute window. He yes. said 18 minutes, and you and your company catches up on decades of research. Now, remember. That's a big deal. Remember, he's a computer programmer. So when you're talking about an 18-minute window, that means Dennis Nedry is going to do something dealing with computers, something. So He's going to have a way to get out undetected. He's got to get Somehow. Which means he's got to shut down security, right? Yeah. This is what this it's is, This is not And good. this is when you're a kid, you're, you're not getting this stuff. Oh, no. Though. Absolutely not. I was like, look. Chickens. That's all I remember from the scene when I was little. Well, now let's go back to Grant Sattler because that was an important detail. With yes, Nedry. it is. Because now we've met the conflict. The well, whole, I mean, there's lots of conflict already, but this yeah, is this is going to be like the uh, what's it called? The catalyst. Yeah, that that this is the you know that was important because this is the reason why everything goes to crap. Right, right, right. Well, <laughs> there but, are many reasons. Right, but th- this is the the this is what sparked it. Yes, this absolutely. Was, this was the way, right? So. We then get back to Grant and Sattler. They are on a helicopter. They are flying to Isla Nublar. Right. And we have Hammond. And this is where we have the lawyer. Yep, Gennaro. Uh, yeah, Gennaro. And he is played by actor Martin Ferrero. His name is Donald Gennaro. Sounds uh, yeah. just like his character name. Yeah, Martin <laughs> Ferrero. He's played by Donald, uh, excuse me, Donald Gennaro, played by Martin Ferrero. And he is a lawyer. Right. Again. And he, he's skeevy he's and weasley like, like, like yeah, you think. he's like, you know, look. My guys, my clients are not going to give you any money. Yeah, he always like you're your investors who I'm whom I represent. Like right, that's all right. he ever says, whom I represent. Right. So we have again Hammond, Gennaro, Grant, Sattler, and another very important person that really Jurassic Park would not be what yes. it is without him. Yes. Go ahead. The amazing second love of my life. Yes. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Oh. As 
Dr. Ian Malcolm. I don't know who the love of your life is. Is it You go- are is the love of my life, no, but... No, no, no. I don't know who the second love of your life is. I don't know if it's actually Jeff Goldblum <laughs> no, or if it's I, Ian Malcolm. I don't know either. I don't know <laughs> because either. I feel like Dr. Ian Malcolm actually is no, Jeff Goldblum. No, yes. I did. <laughs> he plays himself. He He's one of the best characters in the franchise. I have so I have I think I have I have a Funko Pop of Dr. Ian Malcolm. I also have a little action figure of him. I found one for you. You did, and I, I appreciate you. And you didn't even know who he was because it was an old figure. I said I, di- I didn't I said, recognize well, it because you know action figures now they they really they're like hey look it's the actor yeah and I said check it out and you went who's that I went that's Ian Malcolm and then I died but right. um but yes yeah, so Doctor freaking Ian Malcolm dressed in black. Just glorious. Ian He's Malcolm. so funny and so good in this. When I was a kid and saw this movie, I just thought, okay, this is just some other guy that's there. Dr. Malcolm, he is the... I, I don't know what you would call this device in a story, but he's the one who's really informing us. He's like the omniscient perspective he know he he already knows how this is going to play out it, it's it's it, he's like and in the book he's even described almost godlike like he he he's he's right to be as as uh, arrogant as he is because he's right right you have to listen to what malcolm says because it's it's ian malcolm that is giving the lessons of this film and, and why ultimately jurassic park is something that doesn't work right right why this right. is a problem and he's introduced as a chaotician Meaning he specializes in the theory of chaos. And if I'm not mistaken, Hammond, I guess, had him come along. As just yet another voice to, you know, back him up, hopefully. Right. Because he basically, and and the thing about it is, is that uh, Ian Malcolm is actually, you would never know if Jeff Goldblum is terrified of anything. But it's actually Dr. Ian Malcolm that understands, like, this is... This is a horrible idea. Right. Like... I mean, but meeting him though. Let's talk, but you talk about why he's so. He's, he's it's not like he's. It's he's not, not doing anything fantastic. No, but what I'm saying is, it's he's not. He's not intense about it. He's just his. He's very charming. He's very laid back. Oh, right away, he's charming. Nothing seems to bother him, even yeah. though he is very bothered about this idea of the park. But he has. He's. He's kind of. He's got. Eyes for Doctor Sattler. Oh, instantly. I think he would have eyes for any attractive woman. True. 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 But he's smooth. You guys dig up dig up dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, like he I think he he's, cheapens it. He's so wearing much. like black pants, black leather jacket. A weird choice for Costa Rica, but it's dark fine. sunglasses. He he really does contrast with everything else. Yeah, and he's I like this, this is spe- stuff I never noticed. He's as a like kid. this specter. I think there's a reason why he's set aside mm-hmm. for to sure. look like that for sure. Absolutely, you know, because he really seems to have this greater understanding even beyond Grant and Sattler. Because don't get me wrong. They absolutely are going to be taken with this place initially. We're going to get to that. They land on the they they land at the park. That's where we also meet uh, Muldoon. Yes, you know who we Mr. Khaki Shorts. Shoot her. Yeah, we've already met him. But That's how I used to call him just Khaki. He's shorts. great in this film, though. Yeah, uh, I didn't know his name. I didn't know his. I didn't know this guy's name until I grew up and learned about IMDb.com. Right. Literally, it was just like Raptor Guy or Khaki Shorts. That's yeah. his name. Okay, so they land right. right, and they've just got to the park. And they get in these jeeps, and this is kind of all part of the plan. You have to oh yeah, he knows he's he's ready to dazzle them. Yeah, Hammond. You have to understand he knows what he's dealing with. Mm-hmm. He knows what mm-hmm. he has, kind of in the hat, you know, that he's about to pull out. Grant and Sadler have no idea. Right, he's very Malcolm, confident. He he says in forty eight hours I'll be accepting your apologies. And Malcolm has no idea. No, 
You got to think he doesn't know yet. I mean, we've nobody ta- knows but we've, Grant. We've, I mean, uh, we're, we're ta- I mean, it was important to talk about, you know, what Ian Malcolm is for the story, but he doesn't know yet. So no way. Anyway, so let's just kind of this scene is one of my favorite moments. I need I need you to understand something about me. <laughs> um, I love watching someone do what they love doing. I, I whether it's uh, I, I found that you know I get on YouTube and I like to watch chefs make food. I like to watch. Um, I like to. Uh, I, I used to watch this video all the time of this stonemason. Oh uh, yeah, I remember the, that the stone carver. <laughs> I love to watch someone do what they're passionate. Yeah, doing. Mm-hmm. It's it's beautiful. It's magic, and I think uh, you know. I think we all wish that we we all sometimes struggle finding finding a way to get to do the thing we love all the time. Right. But um, there's something really beautiful about this scene. Yeah. Because you have to understand what does Grant and Sattler love? Dinosaurs. They love dinosaurs. Or and 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 well and, and especially for Sattler, you know, she's the plants of the period, right? The, the all landscape, that. all of it, all of it, all of it. So. Anyways, so we we pull up and we get to this place and I mean you just kind of see the They just park in a field. They just kind of park seems. in a field, but Sam Neill's per- performance here. Mm. I mean it's almost Oscar worthy. Yeah. It's, it's exactly so how you would imagine someone seeing something that they've studied for you know probably the entirety of his life, mm-hmm. He's, you know. And he is now seeing a dinosaur yeah, with these, his own eyes. There's three elements that make this scene so beautiful. And one, it's the acting, obviously. Two, it's obviously the special effects, the dinosaurs. And three, for me, one of the most important things, the music. Yeah, of this course. And music they, is so, it's perfect. And they take, it's, even the way they take their glasses off, they're like, yeah, oh my yeah. God, they just rip the glass. And then, and when he grabs her head Sadler, to look up. <laughs> Sadler's still looking at the map or something. So no, gra- she's looking at that. She's like, oh, this this species has been extinct. Like, she's talking yeah, about plants. Yeah, that's right. She's looking at something, yeah. And he grabs her head and just turns it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're looking at a brachiosaur, I believe. Yes, and it's just... And his reaction, he goes, it's a, he goes, it's a dinosaur. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's like a kid. He's like a kid. Yeah, he's like, it's a dinosaur. This is, I mean, they spend their life looking at bones, trying to imagine what it was And now they're seeing like it, right? Can you imagine? Yeah, like, your you just get chills work? thinking about it. Yeah, that's amazing. And and even Malcolm's like, Malcolm well, goes, dang. The, the SOB did it, you know? <laughs> yeah. He did it. Good God. Even he's amazed. Yeah. Um, so, and he's, I mean, right now, everyone is in a state of euphoria. We're not worried about anything else no, other than, it, oh my God, there's a freaking dinosaur in front And of me. probably one of my favorite scenes. I think one of my favorite movie scenes of all time, I think one of my favorite moments is when he's looking at them from afar. Because he's seen the one close up. It's Remember, it kind of jumps up on two and it eats two legs yeah. and it eats the... Uh, the tree branch yeah, or whatever. boom, it shakes up. But then he's watching them from afar off and he has tears in his eyes and he says they move in herds. And they do move in herds. They do move in he herds. He was right. And Beautiful. Love it. He just looks so happy and it's like you wish you could have the whole movie like that. I just want to stay in that moment. Yeah, that you want to stay in that moment. of a moment. And he is just overwhelmed. He's emotional. He's just like, oh my gosh, you know. It reminds me of, again, I, I, I there's a the Antiques Roadshow. You know, I, oh my gosh. I, I still watch this episode. This uh, one particular. This, this one particular episode. And I get kind of emotional thinking about it. This guy who is, um, his his forte is uh, was Chinese history. And he, this woman brought in a statue from uh, like, oh God, I don't know what century. Some centuries old. Dynasty. Some dynasty. That, that was like. 
it was like his forte, like his study, you know. And when he saw it, he he looked at he he was standing there talking to the lady, and he just looks at her, and 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 he's like, I I know when you saw me, I probably was just taken aback, and he and he looks down at the statue. It's like a statue of like a a, a lion. And he goes, it's fantastic. And he starts crying. It's so sweet. And I just love that. And that's what you kind of see. Yeah. Dr. Grant is, is and Sam Neill to be able to, to channel that. And they're not looking. I mean, the thing is, they're not looking at anything. No. So and, and they're, the acting in this moment, yeah, I'm like, it's Holy. wonderful. So I'm so happy that, you know, they're, they're talking about a Jurassic World Dominion in 2022. And they're all back. And they're coming back. And I'm ready for Dr. Grant. I, he has always been my favorite. I miss him. I know you love Dr. Malcolm. No, but yeah. I I love them. I love, I love that, so, that this ensemble is perfect. It's flawless. So then, then immediately, the, I, I believe the music changes. He says, I, he goes, he goes, how did you do this? Yeah, I'll show you. And then, yeah, what changes? Yeah, it kind of changes. It's like questing music. Well, it's like it's like okay. I hope you enjoyed that because now it's you're done with it. You're done with it. Basically, you're done. Well, no, that's not true. Well, this is when this is when we we learn more of the the. This is where we really find the inner workings of the park. We, you know, Dennis Nedry, uh, Ray Arnold, who is Samuel L. Jackson's character. Yes, with Best Supporting Actor, his cigarette. Yes, our our viewer and friend. Yes, Hannah. Hannah, friend and viewer, friend first now. Listener. Listener, whatever. <laughs> I say viewer. I know. You know what we mean. Just like when we press record on a on a phone, we say that's taping something, right? Oh, yeah, I still say it. I got that on tape. So... <laughs> At any rate, um, we're, we're getting the inner workings. We find out, you know, the whole deal with the the DNA, right? The, and and with and the, the lovely, lovely illustration cartoon. <laughs> yeah, the the DNA from your blood. Yeah, inside, right? Yeah, preserver the mosquito inside. Yeah, a, a real symbol of this film is kind of like the the amber. You know the, the the little amber that his cane. Yeah, that's John actually a, that's actually a, a scene we didn't talk about that that happens in the in the prologue part. It's when they are on a separate day and we meet Gennaro actually here. This is actually where we meet Gennaro. I, call, I totally forgot about this scene. Yeah. Oh. Um. And they have mined a mosquito in amber, and okay. he and he's talking about getting Grant there, and he says Grant is going to come because he's like me. He's a digger, and that's yeah. when we first see you know. The mosquito in the amber, and that becomes a thing. So basically, what happens is, in a nutshell, they're able to they were able to extract dino DNA from like mosquitoes, dino DNA that were trapped in amber. They're able to extract that DNA, mix that DNA with frogs, the, the genetic code of frogs. Yeah, th- to fill in the gaps. Yes. A dinosaur bone. Right. Sorry, you have no, to say no, it. We gotta to. say it. It's important. Well, that's all part of it. <laughs> and they're in almost like a ride, like a Six Flags ride. They're, you know. Yeah, it's like a, like a monorail kind of. Well, Grant gets out of it, especially when they get to the lab. And this is where we meet a very important player. Oh, yeah. And this is Dr. Wu. And he's he's back in the recent movies as well. And if you know Dr. Wu, you certainly know that's B.D. Wong. And if you're a Law & Order fan. Which then, I am. Yeah. Then you know that he is a phenomenal actor. He is. A, he, they've really done great expanding his character and making him a really. He's kind of become sinister a little. He's bit. kind of become like yeah. He's, he's got the power's got to his head a little bit, lot, a lot bit. I really like what they've done with him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, for sure. And B D Wong is just. I, I don't know what it is about him. He's just. He has a. He. I mean, he goes from. He's a really good guy in Law and Order. And he's oh, a, he's phenomenal. He's really sinister now at this point in Jurassic Park. Yeah, but not yet. Here he's no, just here he's, he's the just, brains behind the operation. This is where, though, we find that they're breeding raptors. It's problematic. Because Dr. Grant knows, like, you've bred raptors here. Right, they they watch the hatching of an egg. That's that's another 
beautiful moment for everyone. Right. But it's also the moment where Malcolm starts piping up and Grant's like, wait, what species is this? Yeah. And he's like, it's a velociraptor. And he's like, whoa. Because this is, um, this is life finds a way. This is the moment. Life uh, finds a way. Well, let I I, I want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get to that, I just want to say that the voice for the D- Mr. DNA was a guy <laughs> named Greg Burson. Okay. Yeah, the late Greg Burson. He he passed away back in two thousand eight. He actually was a replacement actor for uh, Dolls Butler and Mel Blank, and that's a big deal because our daughter's at the door. <laughs> we see her little hands in the window well it's a big deal because this guy who voiced mr dna he's been yogi bear yeah oh i didn't uh, know that oh yeah i mean he's 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 done a lot of great voice work he's been bugs bunny he's been wow. Daff- he's been daffy duck elver elmer fudd sylvester marvin the martian tasmanian devil this guy is great and oh, we lost him you know it's yeah just, oh i hate when we lose these great talents you know at any rate so he took over uh, so, so what i'm saying is steven spielberg brought in a guy for that little bit part mr. Wow. DNA. wow we have greg burson but I want to go back, so I want to talk for a minute about Dr. Malcolm's theory. This is so important. Very. Dr. Malcolm has an issue. What is his issue and why? And I'm going to let you talk about it because you are he's your second love. <laughs> no, I'm messing with I'm you. Dude, go ahead. I'm, I'm joking. This too, is huh? important for the film, though. Yeah, okay. So... His so so part part of uh, their fail safe that they've said is that, oh, they can't breed. They're all female. So every everything has been genetically engineered to be a female, and you know Malcolm says uh, life can't be contained; it breaks free, it breaks barriers. You know, life finds a way. He's saying right. you can't ever say that something won't breed, right? Because you have officially created a life, and this is a theme in literature and movies. Once you create a life, you can't control it. No, you can't control life. You can't control any person. Not really. No. So we, we're seeing. So we're seeing. Are we seeing like kind of a science versus biology type thing? Yes, absolutely. Like na- nature versus science, I guess. Because what is? I think it's 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 biochemistry that we're, that we're talking about here. Yeah, it's and, technology and, versus biology. And the book goes into like detail that I can't even understand sometimes when I'm reading it. But basically, you know, it's it's saying we can we can play God essentially. We can. Yeah, but you can't really. But you can't really because. You're still going to be breeding a whole thing with its own motives, desires, and nature. uh, Well, that's the thing. So, here's the thing. (laughs) Nature, and this is what I get from the film. Nature is something that has been here since before we knew we understood how to record history. Right. Nature has been creating and destroying Mm -hmm. for generations and generations and generations. Then we came on the scene. Right. Right. And... There's this particular part I, I wanted to ask you or bring it bring up to you is that one of the things he actually says is, hey, listen, I just want to tell you something. He's like, and I'm not quoting it verbatim, but he right. says, uh, dinosaurs had their time and they were chosen to be destroyed or something like that. Right this, now, that's that's yeah, that's a little bit later. Um, in the in the but it, it kind of works attack. with the theme. Yes, he's yeah, he's saying you know um, this wasn't because of deforestation or the obliteration of a dam. Dinosaurs had their shot. And nature selected them for extinction. Okay, so that's important. And he says that after they viewed the raptor paddock and stuff. But what we're saying is, is that that was Dr. Malcolm's fear. Dr. Malcolm's fear is that you're, you know, and even Dr. Grant says, oh my gosh, like humans and dinosaurs, you know, we've been separated by millions of years. We're about to meet. I don't know how this is going to look. Right, because right after, right after this scene with the, with the raptor hatching, he takes the next natural progression 
which is to go to the raptor paddock. Yeah, and I want to say something. Yeah. Too, because something has happened. Um, Dr. Grant is is worried. Dr. Malcolm is like, this isn't going to work. But yeah. when, when Gennaro, when G- let's go back to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go back to the Jeep real quick. When Gennaro sees that brachiosaur, what does he say? We're going to be rich. We're going to be rich. So he's done. He he's money's the motive. Money is now the motive. Well, because like, again, he's representing investors. We'll what does investors a, we'll mean? A, that means money. We'll have a coupon day. Get out of here, Gennaro. Right. Get out of here. But, a coupon day. I'm not going to clip a coupon for dress. But we've Park, kinda, five dollars off a thousand dollar ticket. But we got away from what we, who we wanted to introduce because these are two very important people. We have to talk about Lex and Tim. Right. Real we, quick before we move on for that, the raptor scene because. There's a there's a slip up moment that I've I've remember, I remember watching the VHS tape when I was a kid and I was like wait a minute wait a minute you when they're when the raptor is attacking the cow when they go to see the raptor you know yeah there is a dude in a white shirt a white shirt down there oh. shaking a palm tree <laughs> and I'm like listen oh uh, even Spielberg isn't perfect I know, right exactly but I'm like but make them wear a black shirt like I'm a I'm, I'm a theater kid all right you wear black oh backstage, it's it's, it's kind of like you know. You don't wear no white shirt. Oh. You'd get. I mean, they'd be like, "Get out of here, Bucko." So it's for a like, moment, the theater kid in me was like, "Oh my god!" If you're a filmmaker and you're watching that, it's kind of like uh, when um, MTV used to do this show called Unplugged, where they would have artists come and play their music uh, uh, acoustically. And Paul McCartney did an episode, and he did uh, "We Can Work It Out," which is a Beatles song. Yeah, yeah. And he began it, and he messed up. <laughs> he said, "Oh, I got the words wrong, didn't I?" And I was like, "Up, oh, even Beatles, even right, we're human. Right. Even Beatles aren't perfect." So this I- <laughs> is a movie. Yes, it's not real. And now, granted, now, now, I don't think I even noticed that until long after I've been watching it. You know, back to front, back to front, rewinding it, rewinding it over and over. But I was like, "That is a that is a man." In a white shirt, shaking a tree, making it look like a raptor's attacking right. a cow. Just goes to show so, you, even Spielberg. And that's it up you know there. that's where Muldoon kind of is. He's you know he's like, hey, this is this is my these are my things. No, he's got a beat on the raptor though. He does, but you know Muldoon is kind of he. Know, what's funny is that Muldoon, while he does work for the park, he is keenly aware how problematic this all can be. Yeah, but so he's an interesting he's an interesting character. Because he, I think he echoes some of their sentiments. All right, but he's there. He is there. He is there. So Lex and Tim. Okay, yeah. So after that, okay, Raptors Lex. happen. The big, the big, you know, scene where they're eating chili and sea bass, and they have this big discussion. Yeah, they put these plates in front of them, and it's like it's like a, we just watched something get torn apart. It's like man. rich people food. It is. I know. They, like, they, they I get, would never. They eat get that. like one piece of piece, little tiny bite of food, and um, you know, it's not good. It doesn't look good at all. I I I'd want like a burger and fries, right? Or something. Which I think it's important to point out right now. Our little baby raptor. I just is, see f- she's trying to open the door. I just see fingers. Yeah, see, it's it's very she's reminiscent not, of the kitchen scene. I'm, it's not I'm loving it. Our daughter has not learned how doorknobs work. No, not at all. She's not learned yet. No, she. Yossi you can you can close her in a room and that's it. She's in the room. All right. So, so this little raptor here is uh trying to. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get. <laughs> you know what, guys? Uh. If you've been listening to us long enough, I think that you uh, understand that we're very real about who we are and kind of our circumstances. You know, if we could do this podcast all the time, we would. And if this is our full-time job, we've been going for almost an hour. Are you kidding? Yeah, we have. And this is a big deal. This is a big movie, you know? So I think we should make this a two-parter. I agree. I'm with you fully. We've made it, what, like 20 minutes into the film? (laughs) Well, this is an important part to stop. Yeah, because this is the good part of the movie. This is the part. This where, is the where, happy feelings, at, right? And I and 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 I, I think so. 
do we do we want to keep going with Lex and Tim or do we stop? Well, I think let's talk about Lex and Tim. Okay, and then we'll and then we'll because it's important because Doctor Grant doesn't like kids. I want to talk about that. Okay, I, I want to get through that and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end it. We're gonna shut it down for this week, right guys. before they actually go. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Welcome to Jurassic Park. That's when things get nuts. Well, that's when Nedry pulls his stunt and everything goes to utter chaos and horror, right? And you know what I I. I don't want to keep you guys. I mean, it's almost... It, I also selfishly want to do this for two weeks. I, I do. I'm not going to lie. I, I want to stay immersed in Jurassic Park, and I do not want to spend just a few seconds on the majesty of the Tyrannosaurus Rex. So, uh, so okay. I, so, let's... So, so again, we're, we, we've had the weird rich people dinner. We've talked with... Yeah, again... Ian this, Malcolm has made a very... Strong statement. Strong statement, and, and honestly... And protest. And Grant and, and Sadler back him up. Right, and, and Hammond is... is, is uh, disturbed because he's like, oh my gosh, uh, the only person with me is the bloodthirsty lawyer, right, or something. He's like, thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And Gennaro and has seeing this, seeing these dinosaurs has intoxicated all of them. And you know, especially Gennaro though, he's like, oh gosh, forget. Uh, okay, uh, we can make it safe, right? Safety has become that's secondary. Second, secondary now, right? Yeah. And again, this is all about making sure this park is safe. And uh, Grant is concerned because there's raptors. Sattler, go ahead. Yeah, no, Sattler's concerned. She says these are, you know, because obviously she's, she's, you've selected plants even in this building. You, you pick them because they look good, but they're poisonous. Right, and we're going to get to that. Yeah, and she's like, you, you, you're, you're bringing these things back that haven't been, they have no, what'd she say? She says, there's no, they have no idea what century they're in and they'll defend themselves violently if necessary. Just such deep stuff. So they all are keenly aware, like, this is not fantastic. No. Like, yes, it's gorgeous and beautiful, but like, what? Right. Do you you actually know what you've done? Sattler's going to have a great conversation with Hammond later on. It's a great conversation. She's she's very much the heart of some of of. Yeah, it is kind of the reckoning, but we'll get to that next week. But I want to talk about Lex and Tim. We've been trying to get to Lex and Tim. It's so hard. Uh, Lex and Tim are John Hammond's grandkids. grandkids. They're, here. They're here. He brought them. He and brought we don't them know who the they park. are. But... Well, Lex is played by Ariana Richards. I Tim, love her. Tim is played by actor Joseph Mazzello. They're great. They're fantastic. They're perfect for their roles. And they are the epitome of kid. Oh, yeah. They are the epitome of what you would think full of questions full of excitement and who do they stick to like glue well who does tim stick to like glue? well no there's one part where she's holding his hand and she won't let go of that's it. right she holds it like a these kids oh. love dr grant they do who what does not like kids does not like and kids. ellie sattler who is engaged to him right knows that she does like kids yes now timmy is a little baby dr grant He's read yeah. his book. He's read his oh, book. Oh, yeah, he on, read Dr. Grant's book. Which I'm sure was incredibly intelligent. No, way up there. Yeah, like there's no way. This is a kid, this kid's smart. Yeah. And he, he, he's, he has all these questions about dinosaurs, specifically. Following him around, <laughs> won't shut up. Oh, yeah. And then Lex, you know, I, uh, she said I should ride with you because it'd be good for you. <laughs> yeah, because, well, I, you said it. They said I should ride with you because what are they doing? They've had the Chilean sea bass. We've met Lex and Tim. They're <laughs> Look here. At the Chilean sea bass actually and has a role get, in this. We're getting in these Jeeps. The very cool Jeeps that I wanted as a car. Like, right, because what's about to happen, this is where we're cutting it off. Yes. What's about to happen? They are about to, th- this is it. They're going to go through the tour this of the park. This is the tour that, that, that everything has been leading up to. Yeah. And we want to stop there because... You know, we want you guys to, you know, we respect your time and, you know, we have... And our little raptor's trying to get in. 
Well, I don't want them to think that she's been clawing. No, no, she's, she's, she's every so often she's mommy. <laughs> and Yossi's playing my Nintendo Switch. And I don't know what he's doing. Well, he's deep in game world. So he's, he's playing. Fine. He's playing Pokemon. He's playing Let's Go Pikachu. <laughs> and I want to get in there to make sure he hasn't thrown my controller across the room. True, so. true, true, true. Guys, we appreciate you. Yes, so much. Uh, we are happy to drag out Jurassic Park. Really, and really, really. Uh, we, you know, we've made the decision. It's a we called an audible. We're going to have a two parter, and we will see you next week for more Jurassic Park. Where can they find us? Real quick. Uh, if you're on Instagram, that's where we spend a lot of our time. That's where we uh, we we love messaging with you guys. We have we have like ongoing conversations with a few of you that we just adore. So please never hesitate to send us a message or whatever or comment. Uh, we're on Instagram at the Tape Store. We're also on TikTok. We post a lot of videos there at the Tape Store as well. If you're on Twitter, give us a shout or the Tape Store Pod. And if you'd like to send us a little bit more of a lengthy message or whatever, that's fine. We're the Tape Store no, Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, please always reach out. No, we seriously love talking to you guys. Yes, we do. And we, as always, like to thank you for your time. I've done that already, though, because the whole reason why we're cutting this thing short is because, you know, if you've been with us, we're going on an hour. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why we didn't predict this with Jurassic Park. I know. This is just too, it's it's too yeah. big of a film for us, right. personally. I know. And it's for true. many of you who've already April told might, us that. We might need to just go into Lost World. April might just need to be... Jurassic uh, Month. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. That's my dream. Well, May, you know, we got to get ready for we, we need May to be, the fourth be with yeah, you. Yeah, we got to get ready for ready for May. Ready? You ready? <laughs> got to get ready for May. <laughs> May is Star Wars. So, okay. at That's any rate, awesome. I'm very excited about all ready. the weeks to come. We're still in Jurassic Park. We got some excited, uh, exciting stuff coming though for you guys. And yeah, actually, it's funny. Our son has requested a Jurassic Park birthday party. So, this are you sure it's not Ze- Legend of Zelda? He wants a Jurassic Park birthday party. Okay, now. here we go. We'll find out. All right, guys, <laughs> we appreciate you. We hope to see you back next week for more great 80s and 90s nostalgia. Absolutely. Here at the Tape Store, this is Toby in the meantime. And this is Brooke. Not that I'm not going to be Toby later. <laughs> Take no, care, please everybody. please stay yeah. yourself, please. All right, bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>